last week, I was thinking we were talking so much about karma and dependent arising and how things depend on many, many different factors, some of them under our personal control, some of them not. And what happened in terms of Rumiche's visit was a number one example of that, wasn't it? You know, you start to look at all the different factors involved in his coming, and then just everybody here mobilizing to, to work together to prepare. Again, many different factors, different people, different things going on. And then, you know, then some kind of obstacle, and then everything turns out different because, you know, kind of the last last little bit of conducive factor wasn't there. Yeah, and so we can really begin to see, like we were talking about last time, just about things being dependent on so many, 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 many things. That it's not just, you know, a linear, this brings this, and, you know, one solid thing brings another solid thing. But just in our our whole lives, this experience we had with the hope of Rinpoche coming, and then it's fizzlement, um, you know, was excellent example of dependent arising and things coming, many, many things together. You know, and all of our karma involved collectively, and then within that, each of us experiencing the result of our own individual karma, and each of us creating our own individual karma, and yet still creating collective karma as a group, you know, and experiencing experiencing a collective result as a group. Yeah. So you can see that just what we've been talking about the last few times in karma, you know, really pertains to, to this whole last week. Making sense? you see that? It's real interesting when you start to think of it that way, yeah? Okay, so last time we left off in the middle of talking about definite and indefinite karma. Remember I <laughs> remember I gave you the example of what Amshok Rinpoche said, that definite karma was when it was the flight was confirmed? <laughs> and indefinite was when it wasn't confirmed, and I said to to Rinpoche, but even confirmed flights can be changed? And he said, yeah. <laughs> well, we have living, ex- we have an example of the analogy, an example of, you know, the actual thing we're talking about here. Okay, so definite karma is usually, this is just to review, when you have all factors, four factors of the object complete, and then that really propels you very strongly for the result to come. You know, it's like not not as flexible because because the intention's really strong, the action's really strong. You know, we did an A number one perfect negative action or an A number one perfect positive action. Okay. And so we said there was definite karma that could ripen in this lifetime. For example, if you have a very strong intention about something, either one way or the other, or if you do it in terms of a very strong object, say your spiritual teacher, the triple gem, um, if an action's done continually or if it's done with a long preparation, then these kinds of things can easily ripen in this life. But not so many of our actions comparatively are done like this. And so more of the definite actions tend to ripen either in the next life or in the second life thereafter. Okay? Now, indefinite karma. This is um, karma we create when all four branches aren't complete. Okay? So maybe you, you don't have the intention, or you don't have the actual action, or you don't have the completion of the action. So something isn't an A number one perfect 
positive or negative uh, action. So therefore, the result isn't going to to you're, it's not going to bring result in terms of um, the realm that you're born into. Okay, and it isn't going to be you know one of these definite karmas that's going to ripen in this life either. And so the indefinite karma tends to bring results like the environmental result and then the, the result that's similar to the cause in terms of your experience. Okay, so that comes, you can see it's, it's not as, the, the result isn't going to be as strong. Okay, so um, some examples of, of uh, indefinite karma is like if you do something but you have a really weak intention, Okay. So if you do if you do the same action but with a super strong intention, it's very likely to be a definite one. But if you do it with kind of a wishy-washy, then it, it becomes an indefinite karma. So this is really important, like when we're making offerings or when we're doing some positive action, really to take some time, make make sure our intention is quite strong, because that that will influence how the action ripens. Yeah. And similarly, when we get carried away and you know out of control, to try and make sure that that intention isn't so strong, make weaken the intention somehow. Yeah. Or sometimes another example of indefinite karma is you have the motivation to do something. Let's say you have the motivation to do uh, you know to go out and steal something, but then you don't do it. Okay, so it's not a complete act. You know, you had the thought to do it, but then you didn't act it out. So that's going to be an indefinite karma. Whereas if you have the thought to do it, and then whammo, go to it, that's much more likely to be definite. Okay, We can think of examples from our own lives. Lots of things we intended to do and didn't do. Okay, or another example of indefinite karma is if we purify something. So let's say you've had a definite karma, you know, like let's say you, you went out and you lied to somebody, you were really glad you did it and you knew what you were doing and it was really great. And then afterwards you think, oh, wow, what have I done, you know, and you you just feel really like this is, you know, I'm a Dharma practitioner, I, I don't want to be acting like this way, this for my own sense of self-dignity, you know, that feeling of self-respect that you, that you have for, for your own dignity and not wanting to act negative. And so that motivates you then to do some purification afterwards, to have some regret and to make a determination not to act like that again in the future. And so by doing the purification, then that karma goes from being definite to being indefinite because you're you're impeding its ripening. There's some other things that um, that uh, are, are another way to look at this is, uh, you know, Asango in one of his texts was talking about five actions that we do where, where again, we have an indefinite, the result is indefinite, exactly what the result is going to be. And so that is, um, first one is like when you're forced by somebody to do something. So you can see that if you're forced by somebody, let's say, um, you know, you're abducted into the army without your, you know, your choice, and you're told to, you know, go and you've got to go and, you know, be the soldier and kill people, but it's not your choice, it's not your wish, okay? Then that's very different than if you enlist and you go out, you know, with your flag and, you know, go, go, go and kill the commies or whoever our country's killing this year. Um, <laughs> you know, 
then there's a difference in that. And so if you're forced by somebody to do an action, then, you know, the result is not going to be a real, de it's not going to be a definite one. It's going to be much more indefinite. Okay? Similarly, you know, somebody has to force us to do positive actions. Yeah. Somebody forces you to, to um, make offerings or, you know, they guilt trip you so long that you finally make out a check to the to the Red Cross or to you know whoever it is, but it, you know you you feel obliged to or forced to or your family you know is looking and seeing what you're doing and so you do it. Then even though it's a positive action, it's not going to be so strong. The result isn't going to be a, a firm, definite one. Okay. And so another a second kind of action where the it, the result is more indefinite is when somebody requests you to do it insistently. So it's, you know, in the first one, it was like they force you to do it. You don't have a choice. And this one is they nag you so much that you eventually give in. Okay? And so, um, again, it's not going to be as definite as if it's your own volition, your own intention, you know, your own idea. Okay? But you're doing it more under pressure from somebody else. This one's quite interesting when you think about it. I mean, the number of decisions we make because we think we should do it because other people want us to do. Yeah? Um, you know, like sometimes people put their pets to sleep, not so much because they want to do it, but because they think other people want them to. Or maybe um, in the case of euthanasia, it's an interesting to think, to think about that maybe somebody very much, um, you know, says... Mm, you know, pull the plug, pull the plug, I don't want to live, and then that person pulls the plug. So that's going to be different than if the person said, than if the well person says, ah, you know, I can't stand to see this person suffering, he pulls the plug for their own choice. Okay? See many nuances in this. So, I mean, this is just an example, but there's many things in our life we can think of this way. You know, what things do we do because people ask us insistently? Yeah. And so we should be careful here because if we do positive actions, but only, again, because somebody asks us insistently, then we're missing out on, on the opportunity to create a lot of good karma in our mind streams because we're not being fully present, you know, and generating our own good intention to do the action. Okay, then another one where the, um, the result is going to be uncertain is when we do something with a lack of awareness. In other words, we don't know that what we do is some is negative. Okay? So for example, maybe you have a job and you're working with some kind of company doing this and that, and you don't know that this company um, then takes the material and sells it to another company that makes bombs. Or you don't know your company is um, you know, engaged in chemical warfare, you know, selling chemicals across the sea or whatever it is. So it's something where you're not aware that there's negativity involved. So again, in that case, no, you're not really having an intention. It's done out of unawareness, so the result is going to be more indef indefinite. Yeah. Um, another one is when we have an uncontrollable compulsion to do something. Um, so this is not our normal uncontrollable compulsions because then it would be so nice to rationalize, oh, well, that's not a definite karma. It's just my uncontrollable compulsion to go to the refrigerator and get ice cream. You know? <laughs> um, I wish I could rationalize that one. 
but um, it's more in the case, like let's say somebody really has some, some mental problem, you know, it's, an action is done, um, and they're actually quite, they're insane, you know, so it's a, it's a mental compulsion, but the person doesn't have all their senses together there, so it's almost as if, I mean, they have the intention, but they don't have a real intention because their mind's so completely out of it. Yeah, so it's that kind of compulsion that then leads you to have an indefinite action. But on the other hand, if it's the kind of compulsion that you sit down and you think about again and again and again and you plan exactly how to do it, then, you know, <laughs> nice definite karma. Okay, that one wouldn't be indefinite. This one's talking about here really when, when somebody doesn't have all their mental faculties together. And it's interesting, like in the monastic vows, if somebody is insane and they break a vow, it, they, they don't, um, it isn't considered really breaking the vow. Yeah, because somebody doesn't have all their mental faculties there. Okay, and then the last one is if you have um, an incorrect understanding. Okay, so if you think you're doing something good, but then in the end it turns out to be upside down and it winds up to be harmful. So that isn't going to be a definite result. It's going to be indefinite. Okay? Because your intention was one way. You were thinking in one way. You weren't aware of all the factors there. And so it happened quite differently than you had, than you had planned. So that's going to be an indefinite ripening. So this happens in both positive and negative things. Like you, you harm somebody. You think that you're helping somebody, but in fact you're harming them. Yeah, you give you give somebody um, you know you give a charity um, money and and you think that they're doing the right thing and they wind up embezzling it or you give an alcoholic some money because he tells you that he's going to go buy a sandwich or he's going to use it you know to go get his resume done and then he winds up going and <laughs> you know write his resume while he's drinking a bottle of booze first you know so that kind of thing where you know you think what you're doing is right but then. Often only in retrospect you realize that, that, you know, is actually a harmful action. So that kind of thing is going to be indefinite. Mm-hmm. Uh, what if you did something that's intended to help somebody and then help, help that person, but then it hurts somebody else? Mm. Well, again, that's going to have, um, so the question was, if you intended to help one person and it helped that person, but it harmed somebody else. It would depend a lot on if you had the intention to harm the other person. Okay? In other words, if in your mind you only had the intention to help this person and you weren't thinking so much about that, then it's not going to, you know, the ramifications for the, you know, some person halfway around the world, you know, then it's not going to be so definite because, you know, you're not really putting all the pieces together. But if you have the intention to help this person and by doing that to harm the other one, yeah, then, you know, you're, I wonder how much positive <laughs> karma there is in that, you know, because it's kind of like you're helping somebody but with a negative motivation to harm somebody else. Okay. A lot of these things are, are quite interesting because the motivation is, is so much linked into these things. I remember once, um, I'm getting slightly off the track, but this relates, um, talking with one of my teachers about the people who were involved in doing nuclear research like before the Second World War and during it. 
know, and did these people, you know, these were scientists who were just so interested in, in physics and things like that, doing all this research. And we were discussing, well, do, do these scientists then get the karma for the people who were, were killed when the bomb was dropped on Hiroshima? Yeah. And this is a real interesting question because our, our teacher, he was saying, well, it depends on their motivation. And if these scientists were not aware that their research was going to be used for bombs, then they, you know, don't receive the karma of killing those people. And if from their side they didn't intend to kill anybody, then they don't receive the karma of killing. But then his translator and I, she was a Western woman, and me, and, but, and we kept saying, but these scientists should have been thinking about what they were doing, you know, the, the results of their research. And so um, can you just say that, that because they weren't aware of what was going to happen, that still they had no responsibility, shouldn't they have been aware of um, what, how their research could be used? So we got into quite an interesting discussion with my teacher about this. Yeah. Something to think about, you know, exactly how much intention somebody had and, um, you know, like if the scientists have the intention to kill people or if they have the suspicion that their research can be abused, I think that's going to be quite different karma than if they are really, you know, these scientists with their head in the clouds but don't even think one way or the other what could happen to their research. It's going to be quite different. So you can see again when we look at all these things, so many individual differences depending upon the person and their attitude, their motivation. It's interesting to think about.